Good evening. Oh, no, we're... Listen, if y'all are going to be that asleep, we're just going to go on home. Good evening, church. There we go. I drove two and a half hours to be here. Y'all got to wake up. Uh, I just want to say this right off the bat. Some of you chose to be here tonight because you heard that I was coming to speak. And for you, I am super grateful. And uh, I think that's a small percentage of people in this corner. Some of you uh, heard it was Teens for Christ tonight, and you were like, man, I'm I'm going to take my chances on who the speaker is, and I'm going to come, and I am excited that you are here. And the third group of people in this room uh, normally come here to worship on Sunday night, and uh, you thought you were going to get the normal speaker, and I am so sorry to you. But I am super thankful uh, to be back in a place that I grew up, uh, a lot of people that I know here, and um, I'm, I'm just so thankful to be here and be able to worship with you tonight. Uh, Let's go ahead and start uh, in a prayer, and then we'll begin our lesson tonight. Father God, we are thankful. God, you have blessed us tremendously in so many ways that we don't even even know, we don't even comprehend. So Father, uh, tonight we give all the glory and honor to you. Uh, Father, I pray uh, for this lesson tonight uh, to be uplifting to us, to be encouraging, to be filling uh, for our souls. And God, I just pray for your words to speak through me. Uh, that, that all the glory will be given to you, Father, and that we will all uh, grow closer to you from your word. And Father, this is my prayer tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't it amazing feeling to have your needs and your desires completely catered to you, right? Maybe, you, maybe you've had like a, a workout program or a diet plan, and somebody wrote it all out just for you. It, it met your, your time restraints. It met your uh, calorie needs. It met how busy your lifestyle was. It was built just for you. And when our needs are met, when our, when our worries are heard and when they're validated, man, it feels good, right? It feels good to us that somebody knows what we're going through and they're going to change what, how they uh, respond to you in that way because of your needs, have you ever seen the show uh, Undercover Boss? I don't know if it still runs, but it was, it was a super cool show. I watched it all through college. Uh, but if you haven't seen it, the gist of it is an executive of a, bu- of a business or a corporation will go undercover, hence the name Undercover Boss, right? And by that, they will go into the trenches of their business and they will, they'll disguise themselves. They may wear some facial hair or change their haircut, Uh, dress a little differently than they normally do, but they'll go undercover and they'll work in the trenches side by side of some of their employees because they want to know what are the the day in and day out requirements that I, that I as a business owner need to address for my employees, right? And so he spends maybe a week working with, with several different of his employees and saying, hey, hey, what can I do differently uh, as an employee, right? He's fronted as an employee. As an employee, what can we change here? How can I get better at my job? And he has his employees tell him what their needs and their desires are. And at the end of the show, the coolest part of the show for me is they meet back up and they're like, oh, I hope I didn't say anything ugly. I hope I didn't talk about the boss. Why the boss was with me. That'd be real awkward, right? And he, he sits there and he says, hey, I heard the difficulties that you had. 
So we're going to make some changes. We're going to, we're going to change how we, how we function on a day-to-day basis. And I want you to be in charge of this. And I want you to take the lead. And I want your needs to be heard and to be validated. And on the opposite side of that, sometimes we feel unheard. Sometimes we feel like, like the things that we're going through, the things that we're dealing with, the things that we're struggling with are only specific to us. Especially as teenagers, right? Like nobody understands what we're going through. Nobody understands the difficulties that we have at school or at our jobs or at our homes with our families. Nobody understands what I'm going through. And God definitely doesn't understand. If you look at... If you look at the book of Exodus, we're going to find somebody that is in the same shoes that you are. If this, if this sounds like you, somebody that, that was afraid of his circumstances and nobody understand, he felt like nobody understand, understood what he was going through. Exodus chapter 3 and 4, you're going to find Moses, right? A normal guy, somebody, an everyday dude that God called for a magnificent purpose. To lead his people out of slavery. To lead his people out of Egypt. So that God's people could continue on in the time of history. But Moses. Moses had worries. Moses had doubts about himself. Moses had circumstances that he was like, God, you just don't understand. If you look in verse 11 of chapter 3. He says, who am I? I'm just a nobody, God. I'm not, I'm not anybody special. Why are you calling me? And then in verse 13, and then uh, chapter 4, verse 1, he says, what am I going to even say? What do I say to these people? How, do, how are they going to know that I was sent by the one and true living God? I don't, I don't even know what to say to them. And then the best, the most relatable excuse that he says in verse 10 of chapter 4 He says, God, I can't speak very well, right? Why are you calling me to speak to your people? I don't even speak that well. You don't understand, God. You don't understand the things that I'm going through. Sometimes we we find ourselves in the same boat as Moses. Sometimes we find ourselves in life in the boat that Moses is in, and saying, God, you don't understand the pain that I'm feeling right now. You don't understand the trials that I'm walking through. You don't understand how this person has hurt me or how it made me feel when, when this thing happened at home and mom and dad aren't talking anymore and they're mad at me and I, and I just feel rejected. God, you just don't understand. Tonight, we're going we're to be using the illustration of a cup, right? And I want you to think about your life as this cup. And as life happens, as life happens, we take blows to our life, right? Things break. Things hit us hard that aren't fair. Life doesn't work out the way that we planned for it to. That relationship that we were in that was supposed to last forever is broken. And God, you just don't understand this mess that I have at my feet. God, you just don't understand the pain that I'm walking through right now. We feel like Moses trying to lead a people out of captivity. 
for the continuation of God's people to last. But what if I told you that God does understand? What if I told you that we serve a God that wants to walk with you? See, the, the problem is, is I think we have this, this idea of who God is, and it's this image of a God sitting upon a throne, looking down at us and thinking, man, he's messed up again. He's, he's fouled his life up again. He has sinned again, and he keeps sinning over and over and over, and I'm just casting shame and doubt and hatred towards him. This might be the image that we have of God, because guess what? We are surrounded by judgment. We are surrounded by people that don't know how to react in a situation when you need them to react kindly and with love. And so we get this idea, well, well, if, if the people that we're around at school cast judgment on me, that's how my God is, right? Maybe at home, you, your, your parents don't always know how to react when something goes wrong, when you mess up in life. Man, that's how my Heavenly Father reacts, right? But I want you to understand that, that we serve a God that is so much different than that. If you've got a Bible tonight, I want you to go to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, because I want to show you a different picture of God. I want to show you the God that I know that is walking hand in hand with us, saying, I know you've messed up. I know you're struggling with life. I know that you're broken. But I'm right here with you, and I'm going to walk with you through this. I'm going to be there when you need me. I'm going to, I, I want you to lay these things on me because it's just too heavy for you to carry by yourself. I'm right here with you. Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to start reading in verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, in that, in that through death he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is the devil. The devil is in our lives, church. The devil is what is breaking us down. It's not God. God came to defeat the devil. Verse 15, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to a lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Jesus did not come to this earth to die for angels. He came to this earth to die for you. You are valid enough. Your needs, your desires, your worries, your, the things that scare you to death, they are valid in the sight of Jesus. It was worth it. It was worth Jesus to come. 17, therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God and make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. The only way Jesus was going to know how you feel was for him to feel it himself. You, you see there, right at the, right the start of verse 17, it says he had to be made. Why could God just not give him this feeling of, hey, this, this is how the, the people, my people are going to feel. I need you to feel this with him. Right? How does it make you feel when somebody says, I know what you're going through. I know what you're going through. I, I know how you feel. But they've never walked in your shoes. 
But what about when somebody that, that has lost somebody, has lost a grandparent, comes up to you and says, hey, I know what you're going through. I feel your pain. What about somebody that, that has had parents split up and they've been divorced and walks up to you and, and your parents just got divorced and walks up to you and says, hey, if you need to talk, I know exactly how you feel. Doesn't that, doesn't that validate you a little bit more? Doesn't that say they understand what I'm going through? They know the pain that I'm feeling and how real it is? That's Jesus. That's who Jesus is. And church, if there's one thing I want you to know tonight, God is not a God that sits upon a throne casting judgment on us, waiting for us to screw up, waiting for us to have an X on our, on our check sheet. He wants to validate your struggle and walk with you in it. Paul continues on in Hebrews chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are tempted, yet without sin. God, Jesus did it without sinning. He's walked in your shoes and He's done it successfully. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The time that you need love the most, the time that you need comfort the most, the time that you need validation the most, Jesus is there for you. Jesus is standing there waiting, saying, I want to help you. So why are we not doing this? Why are we not bringing our needs to the feet of Jesus and saying, God, I can't take this anymore. I need you to carry this with me. God, I can't carry this load by myself anymore. I need you to help me. What is holding us back? Because I think everybody in this room right now, sitting and listening to this, says, and that's, that's my God. God's going to carry that need for me and with me and walk with me. So why are we stopping just short of giving all of our cares and our worries to Jesus? Two reasons. The first reason is I think we have been seasoned to rejection. I don't know about you, but, but sin and, and messing up in life gets a little messy, Right? And I don't know about you on the receiving end of that mess, but sometimes we're just like, man, I'm going to pray for you. And you just step away. You just walk away. Because I, I, I don't want to be bogged down in your sin. I don't want to be bogged down in, in your failures, in, in the pain that you're walking through, because I've got enough pain myself. I've got enough worries myself. I've got enough sin myself to deal with. So I'm just going to walk away. Right, And so we, we take what we know on a human standard and we give that same standard to God. We, we judge God by the same standard that man has proven himself to be. And God is not a failure like man is a failure. And so what we do is we say, God, this is, this is too messy. Like, look, I mean, look at this. This is a mess. I, I don't want you to see this. God, I failed you. I, I, I don't want to let you down. I'm just going to keep it to myself. I'm just going to hide from, I'm going to hide from you, and I'm just not going to come to church because I, I don't want people asking questions. I don't want people to know my life. I don't want people to, to think less of me. So maybe if I just stay out of the church for a while, we'll let it brush over, right? When in reality, the place that you need to help with your brokenness 
is the church. But I want you to understand this. This is kind of off, off topic. But I want you to be disappointed when you come to the church for healing and for comfort, and it's not always met. And the reason is, the church is made up of a, bro- a bunch of broken people. Right? And But because of that, the, glory, the, the, the beautiful thing about that is since we're all broken, we shouldn't have any judgment towards anybody else. We shouldn't be afraid, hey, that person's going to think of less of me because my life is a mess. Well, guess what? Their life's just as big of a mess. It just may not be as public. Right? So keep that in mind. The place you need to come for your brokenness is the church, to Jesus. 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2 in verse 1 says this way better than I could ever say it. And this idea of who God is. Chapter 2 of 1 John, verse 1, says, But if anyone does sin, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You have someone that was sinless. You have someone that had walked through your shoes, walked through the trenches with you, and he's still sinless. That is the person going to God for us, going to bat for us, going to say, God, they have messed up, but they're still worthy because I paid the price for them. If that's not the most encouraging thing you've heard all week, I don't know what is. Jesus Christ is your spokesperson to God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the ultimate God of gods, Lord of lords. He is your advocate. But second reason, so first reason is we want to hide from our sin, but the second reason that we don't bring these things to Jesus and we say, we say God, I, I need your help with this, is you try to fix it yourself. You try to fix it yourself. And when we try to put broken pieces back together, and we try to, we try to pick up our life and we try to say, okay, I've messed up, I've fallen, I, I, I need to make better decisions, I need to choose better friends, and we try to put our life back together, this is what it looks like, right? right? It's, a, it's a mess. It's a mess. And maybe, maybe on the outside it, it doesn't look as bad. Maybe your appearance seems like you have everything together, but what about when you test something, right? What about when you test something? Let's, let's test our life when we try to put it back together without the help of Jesus. What's going to happen? As you're pouring righteous things into your life, you aren't able to hold them anymore. Because you're, trying, you're also trying to pour in here things of the world, You've pieced your life, your spiritual life, back together with worldly things, and as you continue to fill it up, it leaks. Right? Church, young people, when we try to heal ourselves, when we try to heal our brokenness with more worldly things, you're going to be broken. You may feel like you're you're gaining ground. You may feel like you're gaining popularity. You may gain like, or you feel like you're gaining uh, recognition on your sports team, or you're gaining popularity in school, or your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend is going great. 
But when we are filling our lives with worldly things and trying to patch our brokenness back with worldly things, you're still going to be broken. You're not going to have relief. You're not going to have relief of the things that are weighing you down in the first place, the things that have broken you in the first place. And so, how do we find that relief? If you flip over or stay in First John chapter one, we're going to finish up there. We've got one more thought, and then we're going to be done. But how tiring! How tiring is this? Maybe this. Maybe this is you, right now, one or the other. One, you're just completely broken by by the the, the pressure and the weight of the world that puts on you. Or maybe you're in this rebuilding phase and you're trying to put the pieces back together. You're trying to pick your life back up and say, okay, where do I move on from here right now? Let me just ask you, is this not tiring to you? Are you not worn out? Are you not worn out with trying to say, man, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to do better? How's that going for you? Is it working? Because if I had to guess, it's not. You want to know why it's not, why I know it's not working? Because not too long ago, I sat in the same seat y'all are sitting in and thought to myself, God, God, I'm so sorry. I'm going to quit sinning. God, I'm so sorry I messed up. I'm sorry I got angry. God, I'm I'm sorry that that I keep listening to this type of music and and I'm just sorry. I've got to quit. But guys, let me tell you this. Until I started rebuilding my life with Christ as the glue that put everything back together, you're just going to keep leaking. You're just going to keep falling apart time and time again because the world is tough and it's unfair and it's trying to break you down. So what do we do about it? 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light. What does that mean? Maybe you've heard that from the pulpit before. Walking in the light. We sing a hundred songs about it. What does it mean? Nobody's ever told me what it means. What does it mean to walk? To read my Bible? To pray? Yeah, that's a great start. But what about are you turning things over to Jesus? Are you making the recognition? Are you, are you humbled by the fact that you have tried to overcome sin yourself and have failed miserably time and time again. When we are walking with Jesus, we're saying, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this on my own. I need you. And I want you to be involved in every aspect of my life. That means at home. That means at church. That means on my sports teams, in my relationships with a boyfriend or girlfriend. It means every aspect of my life, I need you to be my deciding factor. And until we walk in the light, we're not going to know what this relief feels like. So when we are walking in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son, check this out, cleanses you from all sin. And the way that that verb there, cleanses, is wrote in the Greek, I don't know Greek, but I can use a computer and look it up. It's a continual action. It's a continual process. 
It's not something that you walked up here up front one night and said, I give my life to Jesus and I'm going to be baptized. And then the next day, you go back to your old ways. And you're like, I thought I was born again. I thought I was a new creation. Walking with Jesus is a daily discipline that you have to decide every single day of every single moment. Today, I'm going to serve God and not man. Today, I'm going to choose the unpopular thing over being the popular kid at the table. I may break up some relationships because I'm choosing what God wants me to do and not what my so-called friend wants me to do. Walking in the light is a continual process that Jesus says, Hey, guess what? Guess what? I'm not going to just give to you once. I'm not just going to give you my son Jesus once. I'm going to continually pour into you. And you want to talk about a life worth living. I don't care what anybody outside these walls has to say. Living for Jesus is the best way to live. Flat out. I don't care if it's the cool thing to do. I don't care if it's the hip or the popular thing to do. It is the best way that I've chosen to live my life. That's a personal choice. That's not me casting shame on anybody else outside these walls. It is my experiment that I've lived in a worldly manner and I've lived in a godly manner. And this just is flat out better. Because God is continually pouring blessings into your life. Continually pouring blessings. We're going to finish in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. What does it look like when we fully have this submission? What is the difference? What can you tell the difference in? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, as was read for us earlier, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. You're not this patched up version. You're not this halfway done version of a, of a new person, you don't have old things in your life, it looks, it operates, it feels, it seems completely different. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather be this new creation that God has specifically designed me to be to impact the lives that he has, in, he has deemed us to impact versus being this broken version that's okay with the world, that it's okay to live like this. I'm going to tell you this again, young people. The best choice that you can make is to live for Jesus, not because I'm up here preaching tonight. I just want you to know there's fulfillment in it. There's fulfillment in it every single day, not because man accepts it, not because man promotes it, but because God will provide for you in whatever you need. So takeaways from tonight. 
there's one thing I want you to take away. Is God is not expecting you to be perfect. God is not expecting you to be sinless. But He does want you to strive for it. But, when you do fall to sin, when you do fall to temptation, all He's asking is for you to reach out your hand to Him. Because He's wanting to help you. He's wanting to walk with you. He's wanting to carry that burden for you so that you can live the full life that He's deemed you to live. And so you can do that two ways. First, you've got to put on Jesus in baptism. Submit your life to Him. Turn everything over to Him. God, it's not about me anymore. What I do, what I say, I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about you. I want you to be glorified. But maybe you've already done that, and you're like, I'm just, I, I, I've gone away. I've tried to patch my life up with worldly things, and it's, it's just not right. God, I need you to make me whole. You can say, God, forgive me. And guess what? He forgives you. I had Jesse sing that last song before I got up here. Because who else can turn this mess into this beautiful masterpiece? You know what the song says? Only a holy God. That's it. Nobody else. So if you have any uh, need, if you need to pray, if you need to just cry for a minute, we can do that. But maybe you just need to sit in your seat and pray to God. I want you to do that. I want you to do whatever you need to do. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, Jesse's going to, let's all stand as Jesse sings.